am really, really excited to chat with you about this movie. <laughs> I I know that you are. Uh, it was definitely an experience for me to have to sit down and and watch this movie. <laughs> I have been dying for us to review this specific film just because it is actually one of my favorite horror movies. It's, in my personal opinion, a very underrated film. It was definitely a movie. Uh, <laughs> my face, literally. It's, we don't do YouTube content at all. Or I mean, we did something last year, but... It, Wow. Okay. So just getting into it, for those of you that did not know what the hint was, because I had originally stated a different hint, which is the poem in this movie, but I didn't want to get copyrighted for it just because we weren't talking about it. But I don't think we technically could if we're if we're giving actual credit to who made this film and everything. Yeah. But I am super excited because we are covering the 2007 horror film Dead Silence. I had never seen this movie before. It was really weird because when I was telling Clay, like, hey, I need to watch this movie for my podcast, he had actually never seen this movie. And really? he's seen, yeah, he's seen so many horror movies. He loves horror movies, even the bad ones. So he, I, I, he was... Like, I'm really shocked that this is one that I haven't seen. And so we we were both going into it completely, completely blind. Oh, and the thing about this film in particular that I see why I really liked this movie, the director was James Wan, and he does all of the Conjuring films. He's done a lot of the Saw films. He's done a lot of amazing movies, the Insidious films. He has directed so many great films, and that would be why I really enjoyed this film, because I do love everything that he directs. <laughs> Because you brought that up, that actually, um, like, the fact that he worked, like, on the Saw movies and stuff like that, uh, I actually recognized one of the actors from the Saw movies. It was bugging me the entire movie. I was like, who is the cop? Who's the cop? And I was like, oh my god, that's the cop from Saw. <laughs> yeah, it's Donnie Wahlberg, so Mark yeah. Mark's brother, yeah. Yeah, I was just like, oh my god. <laughs> Which, it's funny, because we've seen that with a lot of films, where directors, producers tend to use their same actors and actresses, just because they work well with one another, or they just love their style. And, and yeah. he had that same style, too. Like, yeah. nothing to discredit him as an actor, but I very much felt like, while he was playing this role, I was like, why does he see not even just this actor seems so familiar to me, but like this character that he's playing seems so familiar to me the entire time I was watching it. And I was like, oh, because he's literally just the same cop in both movies. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so yeah, I'm really stoked that we're reviewing this just because I was very surprised that you have never seen this movie, let alone that Clay has never seen this movie. No, no. I, I know why I've never seen this movie. This is not something I would willingly put myself through. Don't get me wrong. I love a good horror movie. I love to be pushed out of my comfort zone sometimes while watching while watching movies and TV shows. I mean, my, my favorite kind of 
show will just make me like absolutely push me out of my comfort zone so i definitely like a good horror but this this is not something i would have signed up for i don't like ventriloquist dummies at all they they are a different kind of fear to me that's not fun that's not in it, like a, a fun way a fun thing to explore i don't like those they're just too creepy to me it it gets under my skin in the worst way that's you and a lot of people, actually, so you were definitely not alone on that. And what's weird is, like, I don't know what it is. There's nothing particular about them that I could really say that creeps me out about them. They just, they just freak me out. See, I've always loved those kind of films, especially Chucky, which at some point we'll have to cover one of the Chucky films. I don't and mind then... Chucky as much. He's kind of cute, actually. <laughs> But he's not a he's not a ventriloquist dummy. There's something very very there. They have a certain quality about them, and I don't know. Again, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the way that their mouth is is disconnected from the rest of their face. Maybe it's their cheeks. I don't know, but I don't like them. Oh no! But getting into this film, there is a bit to unpack. It's as I mentioned, and you mentioned, it is a horror film. It came out way. 10 plus years ago now so it is it's considered an older film but i wouldn't go as far as saying old something from the 80s or 90s i think it's a 2007 yeah 2007 Yeah. yeah and it's just something so different and unique that especially when i first watched it i had never seen anything like this film and that's what was so cool about it is the creep factor it had everything and more great storyline in my opinion and we're introduced to the main character jamie who he is married him and his wife are just having a nice well almost a nice dinner night getting ready and he's fixing something under the sink some plumbing issues and then they get a knock at the door where there's this random package sure enough they bring this package in and it is billy the puppet (laughs) why is it always the name billy (laughs) i i actually asked that myself when it was revealed that his name was billy i was just like why is it always billy why something sinister about the name billy i guess i don't know i i don't know but i know for a fact that for me i I would I he that guy would not have had the same issue with with me as a wife as he did with his actual wife because if it would have been me as soon as I opened that box it would have been slammed shut immediately and I would have had it out the door like get it outside throw it away bury it I don't care what you have to do with it just get it out of my house <laughs> and that's where the trouble starts for Jamie where he runs to go get dinner and he comes home and finds his well wait okay before we get started do we we'll give a spoiler warning as we yes. typically always do spoilers ahead everyone we're getting into all kinds of i would say mess with this film <laughs> so yes you have been warned everyone also content warning for anybody who might be a little bit afraid of a ventriloquist dummy and just scary things in general mm. this movie can get a little dark and, yeah. and a little gruesome so yes content warning for just basic horror yeah thank you for that yeah no problem (laughs) and he comes home from running out to go get dinner and it's the creepiest thing because he goes into his bedroom and he sees this sheet over his wife and his wife is talking to him but yet 
he reveals under the sheet his wife has actually been gutted in the mouth area i would say where she is missing her tongue and that is Ooh. that is the essence of this film because we are dealing with mary shaw and the poem goes beware of the stare of mary shaw she had no children only dolls if you see her do not scream or she will rip your tongue out by the seam. And sure uh, enough, his wife's tongue was ripped out by the seam, meaning she screamed. <laughs> but she didn't know. I don't think that's yeah. fair. But also, ugh, so gross. So gross. And just having the... Why would you put that doll in your bedroom? Just, oh, so gross. So gross. Right? Let alone on your bed. And no. Yeah, I wouldn't have done that either. And I just felt bad because... What we find out is she was expecting. She was pregnant. And Ugh. that was the sad part about it is whether he actually knew that she was pregnant or not, I don't think they ever clarified that. I don't know. I, 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 honestly, I didn't notice. That's one thing that I will never know is whether she actually got the chance to tell him or not. And so that's the pre that's pretty much what is happening in this film is after his wife dies, he goes on a mission to figure out, OK, where's this mysterious doll coming from? Because after ripping open the inside of it, he finds, OK, Mary Shaw and Billy. And then mm -hmm. that leads him back to his hometown that is somehow cursed with Mary Shaw's curse or something. <laughs> Yes, so it's it's really weird and creepy, and I just, the whole interaction, so he comes home, and he goes back to, to see his, his father, who he has a really bad relationship, yeah. his dad is like constantly pushing him away, doesn't want anything to do with him, so he goes to see his dad about what possibly could be going on with this doll, and ask him stories about Mary Shaw, and what we come to find out, not just through his dad, but also through the this creepy mortician who is also basically taking care of his wife as well. He starts to learn through his father and through this mortician the story of Mary Shaw. Because they, Jamie already heard of the story when he was a child, but he was trying to dig deeper in the sense of what is behind this because we all knew that even adults were scared of her name and I don't know. There was something really off about his dad as you're saying that the coloring was just, yeah, there was something off. <laughs> yeah, there was something off with him and there was definitely something off with the stepmom as well. And just the way she was introduced into the story and yeah. into his life was just very odd. Just like, oh, hello, I'm here now and I'm, I'm just going to be in your life now. It was just so very, very weird. And as we come to start finding more about the backstory about Mary Shaw, especially the poor little boy when she's... Because going back before I jump forward, Mary Shaw was a ventriloquist. She would throw these big shows for the town. And this one night when she's performing, which the mortician that was there, he was a child at the time and he witnessed this all playing out where... This kid in the audience said, I can see your lips moving, which Mary did not like that and mm -mm. took it upon herself to kidnap this child. She kidnapped a child, number one. Number yes. two, she killed him and turned him into a puppet. How morbid is that? 
when skipping forward to the end when we actually get that reveal and i saw the kid just hanging from the strings i was like oh my god is that what happened to the kid she turned him into a puppet that is just so creepy yeah which what happened and they come to find out is that then there was a witch hunt for her where they pretty much butchered her and ripped her tongue out by the seam which is how she now kills her victims and the one thing which I did not realize until re-watching this film for however many times I've seen it now, that it's not coincidental that Jamie received that doll. Because going back so many years, Jamie's family is the family that actually sent out that witch hunt for her. So she, well, yeah, yeah, yeah that's she was seeking revenge the whole entire time. Yes, yes. So you you come to find out that his family was the one who sent out the witch hunt and destroyed this woman and ripped her her tongue out by the seam. And it's, uh, I uh, quite frankly, I I thought it was kind of weird and it, it of course creepy because. It's kind of like what you were saying before, like, she killed a child. Like, of course you're going to have to pay for that in some kind of way. So it's kind of, uh, it's, I guess it wouldn't be a good horror movie without a disgusting villain. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And that's why, another thing I didn't know, that's why Mary Shaw killed Jamie's wife is because she was pregnant with Jamie's child, which is another offspring from his family. And she was out to kill every single one of them. But I felt so bad for the mortician just because he didn't deserve that. And he was already traumatized from when he was a child in his parents' mortuary. Yeah, and he he already did the job of not screaming, and he was never disrespectful to her, like, other no. than, like, giving her weird stink eye at the show when he had to bring the doll to her. You know, he, he really never did anything wrong, so... That's what made me really sad that his character died, just because he made it so many years without screaming, and then finally... This poor gentleman is spooked, and yeah, we know yeah. how it ended. <laughs> it was really sad. I felt really bad for... Was was that his wife? Yeah. Yeah, I felt really bad for her, so... And just along this journey of trying to figure out, okay, how to return the doll, how to kill Billy, after Billy literally not only caused issue to Jamie by killing his wife, but then scaring him the whole car scene. Ugh. Ugh. You're like, I've had enough. Yeah, I didn't like this movie. It was just so creepy. Like, the doll, like, I just can't, they're just so gross, and I don't like them. (laughs) And that's just what was so unique about this film, too, is where we finally are starting to reach that climax at the end where Jamie is going after Mary Shaw and trying Mm -hmm. to kill Billy and 
the police officer is coming with him and is saying, what is going on? I don't know. You, dude, you tell me what is going on. We're getting chased by ventriloquist ghosts. Right? I just, I, that was just so wild to me. Just the, the way he was behaving the entire, not even before, like, not even when we had gotten to that point, everything leading up to that point, it was just the way he was behaving about everything just was so incredibly unprofessional and yeah. just so odd. It was just like, what are you doing? I feel like even if you really think that this guy did it, is like responsible for ripping tongues out, I feel like what you're doing ruins any chance that you have of bringing. Any, yeah. Yeah. Like you're and ruining your case. Any of that credibility. Oh, yeah. And let alone, it's one of those things that they always have to do the cliche it feels more in the sense of the older cop films where he's taking the razor and shaving his face. He all Every TV. time he, every single time he pulled it out. And then when he finally, finally, because uh, he kind of, he kind of turns into like a good guy at the end and is trying to help and whatnot. But when he, when he finally meets his end and yeah. screams when he falls, which that was a really low blow, uh, Mary Shaw. <laughs> but, when he screams over falling and then gets his own tongue ripped out and then he hits the floor and his razor just comes flying out of his coat and is just buzzing on the floor i literally laughed out loud because every time he was just like I, I, I was cracking up every time they probably per obviously it was all purposeful but they said you know what we're going to have him get his tongue ripped out, but at the same time, we're just going to have the razor do its thing at the end to just make it somewhat of a comedic moment. Yeah, it, it, better it, it definitely, I appreciated it. It was a it was a good funny laugh in the middle of a lot of grossness because her face, the way... Her, and before I get to my next point, let me just say this. Who in their right mind, I, like, I don't care how good of a mortician you are, your client's request is to be turned into a ventriloquist dummy, and you're actually going to do that? Who, who actually, I, I believe we should respect the dead and their wishes, and, and however you feel you want to, to take care of your remains when you pass, that's your business. But a ventriloquist dummy, I feel like you are asking a lot of trauma on your mortician. Oh yeah, I could for sure see her wanting to be buried with Billy, but then herself to be turned into one. That that's just a uh, an that's just interesting. I think the work that morticians do for for our loved ones after they've passed on is a job that not many people I feel can do. And thank you so much for those of you who do it, because that has got to be a, a just. Oh, sorry I, I i can't find a nicer way to say it but just it's it's gross and just for somebody to ask you to go in and do that to their body is just like ew it's just ew it's such an interesting concept it really is yeah and let alone going back to him being traumatized as a child I understand it's a family business, love that it's a small business and he kept it going after his parents are gone, but as a child to see that, her first and foremost, her body coming out of the coffin and it 
then for it to start walking towards him and it's magically lightning out and thundering at the same time i want to know how he managed to like not scream in that moment and know that he needed to not do it in that moment that was so wild to me and that's the thing about the end of this film jumping forward that really just drove me nuts i know there was an alternate ending i don't remember what the alternate ending was the theatrical <laughs> ending that actually came out where jamie screams at the end i was so upset by that because you made it this far dude and you just screamed mm-hmm. but i guess to be fair he lost his wife i guess i would have probably cracked at some point too it made the ending feel very anticlimactic, especially after like finally getting the final reveal and figuring out where Mary Shaw has been this whole time, basically right in front of us. Mm-hmm. And and just to basically kind of, it, it does very much feel like giving up or or copping out right at the end. So it would have been nice if like, you know, there, there it would have lasted maybe another five, ten minutes and and he wouldn't have just screamed for it to end you know i would have liked to have seen the ending where he doesn't scream and actually completes it where he would have actually done something about his stepmother mm-hmm. because <laughs> we find out that from pretty much the beginning of the movie dad has been dead the whole time he's been a dummy yeah. and the the stepmother has been puppeting him the entire time and and making him into her french ventriloquist dummy and she's mary shaw she's mary shaw y'all which that blew my mind and even to this day i still never realized how that worked out because we know that mary wanted to become a doll herself which that's ultimately what happened with his stepmother but i don't know where the connection is of how her body went into it was very odd to me as well i really didn't understand it it was obvious the the entire movie there was something off with her but it felt very much thrown in and not built up to and therefore not earned at the end i guess so it was a very odd reveal I will agree with that because there really was no buildup of her character exactly as you're saying other than yeah there was something off but they never really gave the backstory they gave only so many seconds of it at the end where finally Mm -hmm. it's revealed to Jamie they never really gave us any closure of how her spirit went into this woman who was this woman before Mary Shaw went into yeah so there was a lot of what ifs at the end while looking up this film and preparing for our review today there is a movie something about Mary Shaw I don't know if it's a prequel to her I'll have to watch it and see if it is any way connected but that would be cool if they did some kind of prequel but then I guess that's a whole nother the conjuring world with the Mm -hmm. nun and then it gets very drawn out in my opinion (laughs) you'd have to watch it and tell me about it because I'm not doing any more doll movies (laughs) 
Yeah, so that was one thing that was a little disappointing re-watching it and finding out, you know what, we never got any real closure about who exactly his stepmother was Mm-mm. prior to being demonized as Mary Shaw. <laughs> I feel like we could have done with a few less bad cop accusing husband of murdering wife scenes yeah uh just for a few scenes explaining what was going on with the stepmom maybe just showing her doing weird things with dolls or even just like showing some backstory where she might have been a fan of mary shaw's as a Mm. as like a um young girl or maybe her family has been connected to her in some way so there there are a few other things that because she was also part of like some kind of fair as well um and it implied in the movie that she might not be the only uh entertainment for this fair maybe like if if it would have just revealed that she was part of that or something would have been interesting so And it's the one thing that I thought was cool is they found two actresses where they actually matched one another, where the younger version of Mary Shaw, who is now her, his, that is his stepmother, looks so much the same as the actress that is the more adult version, mature version of Mary Shaw, which was quite fascinating how in any movie or tv show they always find actors and actresses that look so much alike their Mm -hmm. adult or younger counterparts yes they definitely did a good job picking her to be the doll to to kind of look like a younger version for sure and i just felt so bad for jamie and he was just having a week (laughs) yeah really bad week lost his wife found out he lost his dad and oh my goodness and on top of it that creepy moment where because we know dad's been dead the entire the entire movie where he was or i guess mary shaw was like oh no i've been pushing you away this whole time to run away from the curse and blah 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 like that was all her that was all her trip Yeah. yeah that's so that's so creepy and just to like everything about it just poor guy And the special effects that they used in this film, too, to make everything look so real where the tongues are gone. And then also using that 3D-esque feel where the dolls are coming to life and coming out of their cases was really cool, too. I thought it looked a little weird, but... (laughs) I want to say they did make this film a 3D film at one point. It it definitely had a few moments where it felt like that, that time period where we were making ridiculous 3D movies with, with those kind of off the wall effects. So you really got that splatter effect, I guess. There were definitely quite a few moments like that in this film. That is the era for sure because it was big for 3D films and IMAX films and I want to say now the last given the last two and a half years have been kind of off due to the pandemic and everything with films being released straight to home and Mm -hmm. things along those lines but I want to say yeah in the last so many years we don't really get a lot of 3D and IMAX films anymore, it feels like. A lot of movies will like usually have a 3D option, but I do enjoy the fact that they don't 
feel like they're made for 3D anymore where it's just no we made a movie and if you don't mind watching it in 3D we have it in 3D but it's not like we're going to be we intentionally try to throw three things at the screen to hmm. give you the 3D effect which I appreciate because it felt so gimmicky for a while oh yeah and that's what this movie was is it had those moments mm -hmm. as we just mentioned towards the end that were those 3d moments gimmick moments were, yeah. yeah yeah and i don't know a lot of the film too just was i think the storyline was really played out well other than just the missing link i would say but it was well done it was it got you there was a lot of jump scares in that film there were a lot of jump scares and the ventriloquist dummies i will find them creepy no matter what because i do not like ventriloquist dummies but it was definitely a movie it was a movie <laughs> What makes it even more cool for a viewer such as yourself that has never seen this film is it's such a fresh concept too for you Yes, I it, it was a fresh concept for me because like I said before, I don't it's not like I gravitate to movies about ventriloquist dolls. I don't like them. Um, but th this would definitely be the first one I've watched and probably the only one I've watched unless you make me watch one next year for Halloween. If you got any more up your sleeve, Nikki. <laughs> no, I don't oh, thank think God. so. I don't think there is any other ventriloquist-esque films it's definitely could... unique in that in that sense then there are a lot of doll films we could do such as we mentioned earlier chucky there's the annabelle films and i'm sure there's a lot of other ones that we're not thinking of right now oh yeah i would be down i'd be down so rachel because this was your first time watching it as I typically ask, you don't know why we did it this way, where I'm the one typically looking at the ratings and reviews and you're the one always giving the guess, but that's just the way we've done it. So why don't you give me a guess of what you think the Rotten Tomato Reader score said? I'm going to go ahead and say that this movie did not get good scores from from Rotten Tomatoes or the audience and I'm not even gonna say that as like a dig at this movie I'm saying that just from the time that it came out uh I feel like even even if a horror movie was actually really good uh and did all the things correctly and and actually succeeded at being a good horror movie and not something more gimmicky I feel like they never got good reviews during this time period so I would say that I want to say that the critics were probably the meanest to it because critics hate horror movies like this. So I'm going to say <laughs> they were like in like the 30s or 40s where the audience might have been a little bit kinder, but it wouldn't like would have still been like kind of like considered a failure. So like maybe like 40 or 50. All right. Well, you always tend to give on the more upswing of things. The tomato reader, what the critics gave it was a 20%. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And then the audience gave it a 51. Oh, wow. I, I wasn't that far off, but yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay, so given what the Rotten Tomatoes website ratings are for this film, I'm curious and I have to know just what is your own thoughts on this film? Because one, it's the first time you've seen it. Two, you don't like anything to deal with ventriloquists or dummies, anything along those lines. But 
as it's a horror movie, I have to know what your thoughts are. All right. So I'm going to start by giving it my popcorn bag, and then I'm going to explain why I'm giving it this popcorn bag. So I'm giving it a small bag of popcorn. Um, <laughs> this is the, I, this has to be literally one, or I don't think you have I don't, ever given a film a small bag of popcorn. I know, I know, I've never, I never do it, but this one is a small bag for me. So this movie, it was just, it was definitely creepy in the sense that the ventriloquist doll, I did not have, like having to look at him anytime he was on the screen. I didn't like any of the, of the ventriloquist dolls. I didn't like it anytime uh, Mary Shaw was as in her doll form with like her jaw ripped out. I, I didn't like any of those scenes. That being said, the the actual jump scares, we really didn't see her that much and we actually didn't see the doll doing a lot of it that much. So it was just very much, bam, their tongues ripped out and here's like the gory aftermath of it, which I feel like I've become desensitized to gore at this point where maybe it's just because I watch a lot of hyper-violent anime and combination of that and being on The Walking Dead and seeing how they make special effects for blood and gore. It's just like kind of like, I use, that kind of thing used to scare me to death and now it does has like no effect on me anymore. At this point, I'm just kind of wondering how it was done. So it, it really didn't scare me on that level. Um, it, it, more often than not, I was giggling during this film because <laughs> I was giggling anytime, anytime the cop was on the screen because he was either shaving himself or he was just being so unprofessional and bad at his job that I just couldn't take him seriously. The only actor I feel like I could take seriously throughout the whole film was Jamie. And even then I was just like, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> Bury the doll and get the heck out of town. Just leave all this behind and alone. And another thing like was just like the cuts were weird. <laughs> so the, the, they would do these like weird transitions between the between the scenes like where it would like zoom in to like his eye and then zoom out of his eye and it was it was just all very weird and strange and it felt like a movie that came out in 2007 and I have I don't know how else to explain that <laughs> phrase other yeah. than other than that but like yeah. there was just a certain vibe that specifically campy kind of horror movies yeah. had back in that time that this was exuding that vibe 100% and unfortunately it's just never a vibe I was into it was never something I I really got behind there's I argue there's some movies that kind of do it very well and in a way that that at least I find entertaining (laughs) I I just didn't get that one from this one it's it's definitely not a film I would revisit unless we were seasons seasons from now and we're going back and looking at movies that we've we've talked about before and we picked this one because it was my very first small bag of popcorn <laughs> unless unless we were revisiting it for something like that I don't think I'm I'm revisiting this film well as a wise person once said people are entitled to their own opinions even though they're wrong <laughs> <laughs> going the complete opposite and I do agree with what you're saying that this does feel an early 2000s film because it was it came out in 2007 it is one of those 
classic 2000 horror films where they either are over the top or it's too gory, this, this, and that. But this will always remain one of my favorite horror films for whatever reason it is. And for me, I'm giving it a large bag, <laughs> which is so funny because we have done it where normally I'm the smaller bag and you're the larger bag. And this I don't is, think we've ever been no, this far apart, though. We haven't. <laughs> this is a two girls, one review first, everyone. <laughs> Like, we've disagreed a little bit on whether or not it's, yeah. like, a great movie or yeah. a good movie or a terrible movie or just an eh movie. But never, no, it's good. No, it's bad. So this is, this is, oh, my God. To be fair, a lot of people that I have chatted with have told me in my years that I have been on this planet that I do have terrible movie choices. And this might be one of them. I don't know. <laughs> but for me, I'm giving it a large bag just because in my opinion, I feel this movie is underrated. Yes, I do think the ending was too quick with not giving enough backstory exactly on who the stepmother was. And I wish they did a little bit different with Jamie where maybe he survived. But for me, everything is there. I think the story was entertaining. It was well done. And I do love the fact that they did something so uniquely different mm -hmm. for that time in that era of 2000 films because we had not seen anything like this of that time. And mm -hmm. that's what's so unique about this film to me. And let alone, I think the actors that they had in this film was were great. But they had Bob Gunton in this movie, which has been in so many other films and things along the so many years. And even Donnie Wahlberg, it was really cool getting to see Donnie in this film. Mm -hmm. And just overall... I love to revisit this film every so many years, and it is definitely a first for us to be completely opposite, which is exciting and great, and I'm just glad whether you didn't enjoy this movie and you still gave it a small bag, I'm glad you actually have added it in the films <laughs> that you have seen now. Yes. Awesome. Well, this was a great episode. Love that we went in a complete and totally different direction with our ratings, which is a first. Yes. Hopefully in the future episodes and seasons, we will have more of this because we need more films where you are smaller bags versus larger bags because that's been a thing. Not gonna lie. No hate, though, <laughs> I like, no I like movies, okay? I really like movies. And you know what? I, I, I'm gonna say this right now. You made a comment earlier about people saying that y you have bad movie taste or bad movie opinions or whatever, and that's crap. That is crap. That's <laughs> why I started this podcast with you. I think you have great movie opinions. And, uh, and you know what? I argue that you might be the reason why I give more things bigger bags of popcorn than <laughs> I might have like years ago. Yeah. And it's because... Of us spending so much time talking about TVs and movies. And you know yeah. what? You do like a lot of bad things. But in the best way. In the yeah. way that they were meant to be appreciated. And it helped open my eyes to that kind of appreciation. So thank you, Mickey. But you know what? To be fair, 
there are people on these little teeny islands with me that would agree that the films that I enjoy that a lot of other people would disagree and say, no, these are horrible, would agree with me. So yes, exactly. I'll exactly. Be on this own little dead silence island with <laughs> all of my other films that at some point we'll get to. <sighs> Next week, though, we're kind of switching gears. I don't think we can really necessarily give a hint just because it's so off the wall different from what we typically do. So I'm so excited for next week's topic. I, it's actually one that I suggested. It's something I've been obsessed with to the point that sometimes I obsess with it a little too much when I'm home alone and then I'm calling Clay begging for him to come home early because I have watched too many creepy pastas and I have freaked myself out. So if you like creepy pastas, uh definitely make sure to tune in next week cuz that is what we we're going to be talking about. We're going to make sure to cover some of the best ones like uh Squidward because th- how wild it got in uh, th- the fact that it the creators noticed it, some classics like Slenderman, some newer ones like Backroom. So we'll make sure to cover some fun stuff and it'll definitely be super creepy. So bring yeah. your forks. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> <pasta for> <laughs> And that will be the last review of season three. We'll, of course, have one final bonus episode for everybody. Something very special coming. But then it's going to be a wrap until next season. Well, that is an episode, everyone. Bye. If you like Two Girls, One Review, go subscribe wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts.